0: Hello and welcome to Searching Inward, a podcast brought to you by Restore Small Groups. In this episode, we talk about boundaries, why we need them, how to set them, and why they're so vital for not only our personal growth, but the growth of our most important relationships as well. We hope you enjoy this episode, and without further ado, here is Boundaries. All right, well, welcome back to Searching Inward. We are... Excited to be hitting our next topic, which is about boundaries. And um, really, I've I heard someone say this before, but it really is true. Relationships are what life really is all about, and so um, it's it's our lifeblood. they can also be on the other side some of our most painful experiences in life. And um, so I think this is a wonderful topic to talk about. How do we this? massive impact in our life. Um, you know, we're taught math, we're taught science, we're, we're brought through grade school, we're brought through college, but nobody teaches us healthy relationships, yet they're such an important part of our life. So, um, Sarah, do you want to talk about specifically um, why boundaries are so important and what we're going to be talking about in this episode?
1: Sure. I don't think there's anything more complex in our lives than trying to navigate through our relationships and mm-hmm. figure out where the healthy lines between ourselves and other people. And depending on how we were brought up and our family of origin, we're going to struggle with that sometimes maybe a little. And then there's, you know, there's other setups where we're going to struggle with that a mm-hmm. lot uh, throughout our lives. Again, I think always our message to our audience is to have grace and mercy with ourselves, because if you think about your average day and how many people you might come in contact with, whether it's coworkers or family or, um, school activities, what church members, um, it all day long you're interacting with people yeah. in a way that you're not ready for or prepared for every scenario you're going to run into. Mm. And so I feel like a little bit like we're we're sort of like pinballs all day yeah. long, you know, getting knocked around into relationships and having to have interactions. And it's just hard to navigate. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, go home at the end of the day and be like, I should have you know, why did I let that person say that to me? or Why did I do that? Why do I agree to do that at work or whatever? And we're very hard on ourselves. But I think, again, uh, talking about a lifelong journey, learning to have healthy boundaries is a constant state of awareness. And I think um, sometimes uh, I think the hardest part is to be aware of that in the moment Mm. rather than after, because I think a lot of what causes resentment in our lives is what we think about after we've had mm. interaction with people. Right. And then we're like, well, why did, I, why did I not respond in a different way or whatever it might be? And so for me, I mean, I'm speaking from my own experience, like learning how to be present in the moment with people, figure out what's going on with me and mm. them,
2: mm.
1: It's, that's like my, my number one goal yeah. is to figure that out um, and, and try to do that better. Um, but I think sometimes because depending on where we came from and what experiences we've had, just trying to even figure out what is a health, what is the definition of a healthy relationship? is yeah. like, that's the place to start. Mm. Um, and most of us don't really know what that looks like. Mm. So, but I, I think it's very easy to get caught up in the doing of every day, our tasks, our jobs and all of that, and really forget that the relationship part of our lives is, that's core. Mm. That's it. That's that's really fueling everything else. Mm. Um, and so we can get distracted or distract ourselves purposefully from the relationship part. But I think we really have to dig in in order to be healthy people. We really got to dig into that and figure, figure that part out.
0: Absolutely. Well, I, uh, you have a, a great note here. And I want to ask you, Scott, this is when we talk about relationships, I'm sure every person that's listening to this is thinking about someone else. In their lives, but there's also the relationship with ourself, and there's the relationship with God. And these are all kind of circling around um, within our orbit. And I think that a relationship with ourselves is a blind spot, and the relationship with God can often be a blind spot. Can you, so you want to talk about why having all three of those as a focus is so valuable as we talk about relationships in general and boundaries?
3: Well, I, I think the, the, the central relationship, it all starts with me, mm. you know. And that's awkward for some people to even understand it. What? Uh, how is your relationship with yourself going? Mm. You know, and they don't even like to talk about it. They yeah. never not like to think about it. Um,
0: well, it's just me in here. What do you mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but again, you know,
3: I, I think it was something I read this year from Richard Rohr when he's talking about the Trinity, and just just that we were created relationally, mm-hmm. ourselves with God and with others, and that we need all three, mm. and. And then Thompson talks about the integration of those three, Mm. that if they're disintegrated, so if any of those is not working, there's going to be a disintegration. And that is kind of a rupture or fracture. We're not going to be whole. Mm. And then he went on to talk about how our brains were created. They won't even work. Now science knows our brains won't even work in isolation. It works only through best in very intimate wow. connections and relationships, and so, so that's one of the first things I look at for myself and other people. Do you have an intimate relationship with yourself? Mm. You know, and, and do you accept yourself where you are? Are you extending empathy to yourself? You know, mm. are you processing? You know, and most of us, you know, don't do that. And,
0: and that's probably the reason why, when you ask people how the relationship with this, like asking about a, a failed relationship or or one that you don't, because you know it's 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 the critic, and you don't even you don't even realize how how hard on yourself you even are, and and you can't how can you establish a boundary with someone else if you don't even have interior boundaries where you're like wow like I how. I need to be a little easier on myself. Like, I need a day off. I need to, I need to, you know, G- they talk about Jesus constantly escaping, you know, being like, all right, the priest out. I'm going to go hang out over here. I need, I need my time to connect to myself. So that's a, that's a huge caveat. So
3: if we look at those three, and first of all, I'm saying that we always are saying you can't give away what you do not have. Mm. So if I don't have an intimate relation with myself, if there's not an inner love and grace here, it's going to be really difficult for me to transfer that to you. Mm. But, god others and myself if if those three are healthy and it starts with myself and then it starts with god mm. then i move outward and i'm and it's fully integrated that's where i also find my true self also because mm. it completely reveals me because i need you to reflect back to me what i cannot see in my isolation and so that's why we talk about the need of the divine mirror
0: mm. That's beautiful. And so uh a great question to ask is how how do you recognize a healthy relationship? I mean, that's to me, that's they're rare. <laughs> so maybe that's where we start. Yes. But how do you recognize a healthy relationship?
1: Yes. Well, we use um Patrick Carnes um definition of healthy relationships. He's got um, certain characteristics. This has been really again, Scott introduced this to me, but uh these are really good guidelines. Mm. I think I come back to these all the time. If I'm ha- if I'm in a relationship with someone, wh- whether it's friendship or or anything, family, and I kind of go through this list. Sometimes I'll be like, "What's off in this relationship?" or like, "What's not working?" Yeah. And I'll come back to these and go, "Oh, it's because we're missing this." Mm. So his definition is that a healthy relationship has to have initiative. Mm. And that is mutual initi- initiative, meaning I reach out to you and you reach out to me. Mm. And it's it's equal. It's not always me reaching out or you reaching out to me. And I'm making it really you know, difficult for you to constantly coax me back into this relationship or whatever. Mm. So it's it's mutual. You both want to be there. And then presence like you're present to that person and to yourself when you're with that person Mm. fully present, um, completion, you do what you say you're going to do, right? Mm. I mean, it's just a basic trust builder. Um, um, vulnerability. I'm able, I'm my true self with you and you're your true true self with me and we don't, we're not wearing masks and then, uh, nurturing, obviously caring for one another in a nurturing, caring way. Mm. And then, uh, honesty. I mean, so it's, it seems really basic, but, At the same time, sometimes you'll be like, you know, why is this relationship so hard? Oh, Mm -hmm. it's because, you know, I always take initiative and this person never reciprocates. It's
0: almost like a little uh, checklist. And there's nothing wrong with judging it or grading it, but it does. It's a, as you're looking at it, it's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, we're, I feel like we're pretty good on initiative, but we could probably do better on completion. Right. You know, and I think that one of the things that this list reminds me of is, you know, how, how can you be honest? How can you be vulnerable and how can you offer what you're going to do if you if you haven't checked in with yourself? I think that's what, looking back in my past, what got me in the most trouble was never checking in with myself and just kind of try, trying to, in the moment, be like, yeah, I, I can absolutely do that. Whether it's employer or sensitive relationships, just always mm-hmm. saying yes in the moment to please instead of sitting back and saying, something about that doesn't feel right. Maybe I should mm-hmm. check in with myself. And then you end up losing trust because you can't do everything you right. said yes to. So. Right. That that going back to the relationship with yourself is massive. So, so so initiative, presence, completion, vulnerability, nurturing, and honesty.
3: You know, what's interesting is that Carnes um, in his book called, called "Don't Call This Love." He says that those qualities of intimacy are best experienced in recovery groups. Mm, wow! And. And if you're not in a healthy relationship, those things are not happening. You know, it's interesting. I just want to really reflect on one. I always thought was so fascinating was completion. Mm. And what he said was that, that completion is if I tell Sarah I'm going to do something, I do it. Yes. And that develops trust. But he says an addict, he shows actually uh, what an addict does and then what a person in recovery in a group does. An addict always leaves their options open. Mm. They never commit. Wow, and they never complete, and so you can see how it's hard to have intimacy, and intimacy is into me. You see, and so if these things are happening, mm. um, you know, you get, you get to really know me.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, looking at that list, to be vulnerable, that that would be an area that I would have to. Speak up for, and I just that completion, and and whether it's whether it's agreeing and not checking in with myself, or just thinking that I could pull it off and not being honest, but it, and that that does have an impact. Mm-hmm. If you are constantly saying, "Yeah, I'll go, I'll go take care of that," and then three days later you are getting followed up with, and it's like, "Hey, I thought you were going to do that." Then it's like, "Well, so," and then I feel shame. So then it's like that cycle. But I've never thought about completion being such a quality aspect oh, of relationship.
3: So if you look at those. The qualities of, int, of intimacy initiative presence completion vulnerability nurturing and honesty guess where most people first experience those in our groups mm, in, wow in our groups we always say most people our groups are the first healthy family mm-hmm. environment because that's what being. i
1: was going to point out was wow. if you if you grew up in a healthy family these would be the aspects of your family. Mm. This is what your parents would be modeling for you as a kid Mm. or your caregivers. Um, You know, that they, that you're, that they're reaching out to you, that they, they want to be with you. Mm. They're fully present to you. They're not distracted. They're not absent. Um, again, they, they do what they say they're going to do. Um, that they they're willing to say to you, I'm a human being. I'm you know apologize when they're sorry for something, mm-hmm. so that you learn how to be vulnerable and come to that place of of forgiveness, um, and apology, nurturing, honesty. I mean, all those things are the things we're supposed to learn uh, as we're as we're growing into adults. Mm-hmm. But obviously, that doesn't always happen. So of course, we come into the world then mm-hmm. with a very skewed, <laughs> very often a very skewed view of what a relationship should be. Mm. And then the hard part is we always gravitate towards what's familiar. Mm. So we'll leave our house and we'll go out in the world. And then when we start having romantic relationships and friendships, um, work, we pick our work environment. We're picking, if we're not aware, we're picking exactly what feels familiar Wow, and we'll find ourselves so interestingly, back in the same yes. relationships everywhere we go, and we're yes. like, "How did this? How did this happen? Yeah. How do I manage to find one of the most um, eye-opening processes for me?" Is I did the workbook "Love Is a Choice," which is a Minirth Men Meyer workbook, mm. and that's what they make you do is walk through every relationship because it's a workbook that's focused on overcoming codependent behaviors. Wow. They make you walk back through every relationship. It's painful, but you have to walk through every relationship you've ever had and start to connect the dots. Like, who did I pick as friends when Mm. I was younger? Who did I, uh, where have I worked? Like, what kind of romantic relationships did I get into? And sure enough, for me, I was like, well, Mm. (laughs) isn't that interesting? They're Mm. all the same. Um, And so... That book's
0: Love is a Choice for anybody that wants to go through it. Yeah, Love
1: is a Choice. So for me personally, what I discovered was that... Um, I were, was always picking relationships in which I was sort of the submissive go along to get along person. Mm. And I was picking very dominant relationships in return, mm. romantic and friendship and otherwise they were in charge. And I was, wow, I was just the tagging along sort of for the ride mm. that was opening to me. I was like, Oh, cause I've, I'm not picking relationships in which I am the equal mm. uh, or in which I'm respected, you mm. know. So these are it's it's really eye-opening, but all of that was part of the awareness of like, well that's but that's where I came from. Mm. That was my role in the family, go the peacemaker, the go along to get along person. Yeah,
0: and in the previous episode we were talking about the 6 steps, you know, if you're talking about changing relationships at all, you have to start back there because then the other person is the problem. Well, you're why are you always so manipulative? Why are you always and it's like, wait a second, like Oh I'm I'm kind of asking for that yeah. but the beautiful shift is if you can quickly move out of that shame and guilt and start entering into love and grace what a beautiful that's that is the purpose of a relationship is to support each other to say, wow okay, how can I help you to move in when you're moving into your false self and you're trying to people please like that's that's where some of that is helpful so um, yet I, I can imagine that's also a, a tangled up can be a tangled up situation if you're trying to be each other's therapist. So I think this is a great corner to turn because I think that can also happen with two people that are, that are healing or doing a lot of inner work as you can end up becoming too involved. And so let's talk about, um, the healthy boundaries. There is a me and there is a you, and there is a boundary between us that has to be honored and respected. So, cause that can seem unloving for anybody that comes from a, a background of, Hey, we're all in there to get no secrets. You know, no, 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 you, you know, don't, it, it, it's silly is don't close your door. I was told that all the time upstairs, don't close your door. This is the house. Like that. Why, why are you in your room all the time? Like come down with the family, come down. And you realize like that was, I was, that was my boundary. And I just, wanted to close my door and have some me time but because that wasn't honored now i have a hard time when people want to go and close their door and i'm like oh well i guess they don't like me anymore it's like no like that's a healthy boundary so can we talk a little bit about that how these things for someone like me who seems that who may see as that as unhealthy how they're extremely healthy for our relationships
1: Mm. um so i think it starts well and I'm, i'm pulling a lot of this from uh the, the book boundaries. Yeah. Um, but it just, it starts as basic as, you know, your physical being is your first boundary, Mm. your, your skin, your, you know, the ability for people to get into, to that space. And, you know, you think about, um, sadly how, when you're talking about sexual abuse or physical abuse, that's, that's the boundary that's being broken. It's like, you're, you are in my physical person. So I think you just start there with, my space is my space my body is my body and mm-hmm. like you don't get to um mess with that yeah um and then this you know the second is i think really you go to the boundary of of your mind mm-hmm. what is your experience and your feelings um your story that's that's yours right mm-hmm. and so no one has the the right to come to you. And I think that's what we do in group is give people the ability to finally say, this is my story. No one has the right to tell me otherwise. Mm. Um, this is my truth. Mm. These are my feelings. Uh, I am an independent thinker. A lot of times I think maybe that is, you know, second to physical or sexual abuse in a family. That's what gets violated Mm. is you don't think like me, but I'm going to tell you, you have to, Mm. you know, you, you don't feel like me, but I'm going to tell you, you have to.
2: Um,
1: And so there people get into the cycle where they don't trust their own feelings, their own thoughts. Um, and then that becomes very skewed. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, you know, we have to be able to give people, you know, if it's geographical distance. So let's just talk about a family dynamic where there's a kid who, who gets an opportunity to take a job out of town and away from their parents. And, and I don't mean to pick particularly on parents, because this or this might be a spouse too, but there's tremendous guilt heaped on them because now you're leaving. You're mm. leaving us. You're abandoning us to go take this opportunity instead of going, go mm-hmm. like how fabulous like this because you are not me, and you need to go live your life. You know, and so um, that but that often gets those feelings, guilt and shame are uh, re you know, directed in the wrong place. Mm. Like that's, and so, um, giving people time, giving people emotional distance, um, consequences are a great boundary, right? So not running in and rescuing people mm. when something is happening in their life, which is just really the consequence of their own actions. You can care for someone to a point, but if you continue to rescue them, they're never going to feel the consequences of that, those actions. Mm. So, there's just a lot of um, places in our lives in, in which boundaries can't should be upheld. Mm. Uh, but I think more often than not, we're stepping over. And we're stepping over a lot of times, or people are stepping over ours because they're motivated uh, from loneliness or fear, mm. or abandonment. Mm. Um, so it's, you know, that's, we have to always be checking our own motivations, but then acutely aware. That's where the unpacking of our own suitcases, you know, our family of origin, all that. Acutely aware of what's motivating the people in my life. Wow,
0: emotionally that's, towards me. That's I'm really glad you said that because it goes back to what Scott you were saying earlier is that relationship with yourself. It's have I even checked in with myself to to ask, am I moving in love or am I moving in fear? Am I am I checking in? Am I fixing? Because if I don't, then they're not going. Then the dynamic of our relation, they're not going to accept me. And I think, man, there's there's so much truth to what you're saying, because looking back, and I think everybody's probably listening to this, looking back and thinking of relationships in their past and how much fear there is. It, it's really the bedrock of so many relationships of, man, I'm. what can I do to not lose it, right? Instead of being like, I this needs to be about love, this needs to be about positive, it, and that's where those boundaries get crossed, is well, let me jump in and do this or let me say that, because good Lord, if they ever leave me or if this is gone, I don't even know who I am, so... Mm-hmm. And that's very unattractive, you know, for someone that's you know, that's that's what I've realized is when you're that person that's constantly needing that, it's 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 not it's not a it's not a um, you're not getting what you think you are getting out of it. It's it's actually creating the opposite effect.
3: Yeah, I mean so many people I've worked with, you know, I have to ask is this even your feeling? Wow. Is this is this coming from you? Mm. Or is this something you've come from your family? Mm. And, or whatever institution is that they Acquired it from, and so, you know, one of the things I always remembered in in Cloud and Townsend boundaries, it has always stood out for me, was that um, a boundary is not a wall.
2: Mm.
3: You know, it's 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 just it's like a fence. This is where I end and you start, mm. but it's it's not a wall. It's not an, So many people hear boundary, think was well, it's the end of the relationship. It's not. Mm. It's 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 saying no to the dysfunction of wow. the enmeshment of the two. And, and so it's, it's very healing. And that independence thing that you can enter into interdependence, mm. in, which is what, it, what we're created for.
0: It reminds me of, as silly as it sounds, um, there was a group that I was a part of talking about this very thing as a part of our classwork was they call them special relationships, but any special relationship is you complete me. And think about that's literally the American. If you listen to any, now that I'm aware of it and you were, it was funny. You showed me a comic the other day that was like, yeah, I'm super self-aware. Will you please make it stop? Because once you see it, every love story you watch on Netflix, every pop 100 hit Everything mm-hmm. is about oh I finally found the person, you know I went through all this garbage, you know, and that's that's where it that's what we're sold is mm-hmm. finally I found the right person and now they it's Jerry Maguire in that yeah. beautiful moment with Tom Cruise you complete me, yeah. <laughs> what a line what a line now we can all live happily ever after and Renee Zellweger is not going to have to carry any of that <laughs> any yeah. of that for him, but it's wrong and I think that um, let's talk about that because. That is the bill of goods we're sold. Someone will complete you. That's what the soulmate is for, is to complete you versus the I'm complete in and of myself yeah. with God and myself. And now I can extend love versus needing you to complete me. But, mm-hmm. um, but probably very mm-hmm. similar to the family of origin.
3: Well, I think that's you've named the number one reason so many relationships struggles. people do not do the inner work mm. for that first, that inner journey to I am complete mm. just as I am with me. Mm. You know, otherwise I think I see, and it was even in my own life, that we enter in relationships from a place of deficit. Mm. You know, wow. I, I don't have enough here. I need you mm. to fill that versus entering into relationships from a place of abundance where I'm whole, I'm mm. I actually have something to give. Yes. How many people enter relationships yeah. that way? Yeah. And I want to say one last thing about boundaries. Where I see it in the greatest struggles is, is adult children. Mm. Parents won't let go mm. of trying to control and being immersed mm. in their adult children's lives to the point where they enable and they actually are getting in the way and actually contributing immensely to the dysfunction and the problem.
0: It's funny you say that because as you said it earlier, Sarah, with the, the person who was going to take the job, when I left my home base and went to Nashville, and was graduating, when I graduated school, that was what I was going to do was go to Nashville and be a famous singer songwriter, right? It's like everybody else here. Um, And, and I look back at all of my graduation cards that I was given over the past year. Every single graduation card said, don't forget where you come from. Mm -hmm. There was never, we hope you succeed. We, We can't wait. We're happy for you. It's like, don't ever forget where you come from mm-hmm. and it was and it was embodied in every car and i was like wow that's not the best well wish right. as in like you're leaving us and uh by god don't you ever forget who right. who made you who you are right. and i was like man like that's i would have rather heard we love you you're going to do well there but it was it was in every so you talk about that it, it's um that family of origin and the thing is is you can't move into judgment on that because guess what? Your parents have a family of origin and their parents have Mm -hmm. a family of origin. So, Mm -hmm. you know, no judgment here, but I do think that once you have that awareness to me, it creates a natural grace within to say, wow, like how else, how else would I have turned out with what I experienced at an early age? And then you can start to change because you're not changing from guilt. You're changing from that understanding to Mm -hmm. say, okay, so, um, so looking at, um, going back to starting to take, uh, kind of some of the final steps here for boundaries is to start to take baby steps. I think where the people go wrong is, and that was, and I'll be honest, when I started therapy, um, it was like, my hair was on fire. It was like, oh my gosh, like it is your fault and it's your fault. And by God, I'm going to have healthy relationships now. So don't you talk to me that way versus (laughs) maybe go slow and real slow before you even tell someone that they violated your boundary. Maybe you investigate what that is for you so let's talk about the small baby steps in this process
1: well going back to our last episode about the stages of change and when i lead we do we we do the boundaries book as a group Mm. we do it for a 10-week period and i tell first week i tell my group you're going to read this book and everything in you is going to be evaluating Mm. your whole life and you're going to all have the same revelation of like, Oh no, Mm. (laughs) I have been doing (laughs) this wrong. I was like, I did. And you will too. You'll start to see all of the relationships you're having and the gaps. And so my advice always is don't do anything Mm. for 10 weeks. Just sit here. I want you to observe your relationships Mm. and don't worry about fixing them because Mm. the fixing part, number one is, uh, Well, first of all, we can't fix anybody but ourselves. So the part in which you might have to, you know, pull yourself away from some of these relationships or change the dynamics is, you know, it's going to be hard. And depending on which ones, uh, they're going to try to pull you back into the orbit, so to speak. Um, And so uh, first I just say contemplate look around you same thing you know with doing that love is a a choice workbook like you just really need to look at it all Mm -hmm. and kind of go what are my patterns what do what do i seem to be drawn to why do i do that Mm -hmm. um again finding some some peace within yourself about who you are as a person Mm -hmm. um my codependence back in the day just made me so desperate of a person, like so emotionally desperate. Mm -hmm. I look back on that and I'm like, Oh, it's just painful to look back on my teen years and my twenties and go it, you know, I was just looking for anything to make me feel better. And so just taking some time to go, you know, I need to, to fill the well of myself so Mm. that I know who I am so that I don't function this way anymore. All of this obviously takes a lot of time. Um, But then when I say take baby steps, I mean, don't start with your hardest relationships. When you start to make change, uh, that means, you know, the person, the volunteer at church comes up to you and says, well, you take the nursery next Sunday, but you don't want to. Mm. And normally you would say yes out of guilt, just, and this time say no, Mm. that's going to be hard enough. Right. And that's a person you probably interact with like once a week. Yeah. Um, but that's where I would say start is like, um, you know, I used to go to I, this is sounds ridiculous, but I if I'd be in the grocery store, for example, and someone would ring something up wrong, I knew it was the wrong price. Yeah. I never would say, hey, that was on the shelf for a different price. Mm. Like for me, that was the baby step of going. Yes. Excuse me. Like that's wow. on sale. It didn't come up right in the register. I was such a people pleaser. I'd be like, wow. eh, I'm going to pay full price for that. <laughs> you know, like whatever. It's fine. You're having a great day. OK, bye. You know, oh, that's hilarious. Um, well,
0: no, I don't want to stress you out. By asking you to change this yes. price. Yes, and I don't, I don't want to, to make I the st- person
1: behind me in line mad because I'm taking up too much time at the register, you know. I mean, little, it's like when you're codependent, you realize like little stuff like that, you you do it without even realizing it. Uh, apologizing when someone bumps into me, you know, <laughs> that's that's like, that's still one that I'm like, no, I've got well, a great, like, I, I'm glad me. you <laughs> hit
0: this. Cause that's, I was, I was hoping to be able to tell this joke and it was in a small group that I was in. And the lady said, she ran into a mannequin and apologized, apologized <laughs> to the mannequin. She was like, I'm sorry. Yes, I, was, I, was like, like, I can totally relate right right to there, that. that is like, the perfect I'm so sorry. People. You, you lifeless mannequin. Yes, I, I this apologized. was totally my fault.
1: I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> I didn't see yes. you there.
1: That's, the, oh, that's, that's so good. That is I it. can
0: relate. That's what makes it funny. I can totally relate to that. And
1: yeah, so I think, you know, you just started the most, it'll seem ridiculous at times, but, mm. but that is, um, learning to say no mm. when you've always said yes. Yeah. Um, uh, sometimes, you know, the opposite learning to say yes when you want to shut yourself off and say no. So yeah. it's like kind of both ways, but, um, you
0: learn your deficiencies, you learn, you learn yourself and it kind of comes back to that whole yes. learning yourself to say, wow, I, I typically say yes too much or I say no too much. too much. And you find who you are and then then exactly. you start to work on that.
2: And then
1: I would say the last place to try to work those boundaries out is family of origin. Sure. Um, because those are going to be the ones that are just going to
2: mm-hmm.
1: trigger the heck out of you. Mm-hmm. and um, And the guilt and the shame, because I think the absolute hardest part is and and this is maybe too where where families struggle with adult children and things. It's like these are the relationships in your mind. You're like we are supposed to love each other. Yeah, we, this is a should love each other situation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when it doesn't work like that, it is just the most gut wrenching, yeah. guilt inducing. Um, and so this whole idea that especially like with your parents, like I'm supposed to love my parents, like you mm-hmm. know, and and yet at the same time, sometimes you just have to come to the realization that these relationships don't work the way Mm. that I thought they were going to work. Yeah. Um, We all know
0: this because where are we going for Christmas? Everybody that's ever been in a relationship has had that super awful conversation (laughs) every year. It's like, all right, well, this is my family tradition. If you break that, there's going to be hell to pay. So, um, And I want to hit this. This is really important and something that I I really need to work on and um, am seeing this a lot in my own uh, life with relationships is, one of the biggest mistakes people make in relationships is believing the words without seeing the actions. And woof, man, that that could probably unpack that for a few years. But words and actions have to match up. Or you were in, and this is strong, but it's I, I want you to elaborate on this. Or you were in a manipulative relationship, or you are the manipulator. So I'm assuming what you're saying is, if you're the one that's saying words and not actions, you're the manipulator. And if you're the one receiving words and not actions, you're being manipulated. So can you elaborate on that? Because that's Hard to hear for some people, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. But talk a little bit about why that's so important. Obviously, back to the completion phase. But um, talk about that if you can, Scott.
3: Well, that's what I was going to say. It goes back to the quality of of intimacy. Mm-hmm. That I do what I say I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like what it goes on here to say even more that if so, if I then require limits, mm-hmm. you know, and if I'm okay, this is what you say you're going to do and then you don't do it, I have to be willing to risk losing the relationship or I stay in the relationship and it's dysfunctional mm. just because I'm afraid of being alone. Mm. And, and it's just, I, I see that's, it ends up coming down to who's responsible for this? Me. Mm. You know, if, if I'm in a relationship with someone and this is what I need from them and I've made it clear this is my boundary and then they don't do it, they say they're going to, but then they don't. Mm. What am I what am I gonna do?
0: Right.
3: Mm. Am I gonna to continue to enable that person? And so I, I tell you, you, go through boundaries with clouded towns and it's just you're just like, Oh geez. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you, know. you have to
1: read I think that requires a reading about ten times. The first time you just feel like you're drinking from a fire hose and then yeah. the second time you're like, oh, Okay, yeah. you know, take it in a little bit more. But you do start to realize that everywhere you turn around you're again you're trying to figure out your own dynamics and then those dynamics in next to somebody else yeah. and that changes all day long um, so it's it's not a surprise we go home at night you know and we're just like Whoo, well that was yes. something like every day every day
0: something <laughs> well, I think this is really important too because this this is not just we, we immediately think romantic family this is work I mean this yeah. is like you talk about people being exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from the boss. It's like when I look back at my past and take full accountability that I put myself in those situations, it was always a lack of boundaries where they were asking things that were not a part of my job or calling me at night when it wasn't working hours. And if you answer, if you respond, if you do, then now you've got a new set of behaviors. So this is such a skill to learn, even in work Mm -hmm. to say, I'm really tired and, you know, last week you called me twice at 7 p.m. Like I work at 5 and then I'm with my family. So it's like I look back and how many times, but you see, like you said earlier, once you have how you do one thing is how you do everything is kind of like that quote where I look back and say, wow, so many boundary infractions that I enabled taking full accountability, but being like, wow, Wow. like I had so many bosses that would step over that line way too often and I knew it. And I didn't stand up yeah. for it.
1: And what's the motivator there? I mean, the truth is, is the reason that people let that happen is fear. Keep your fear. job. Yes. Yeah, yes. Fear. You want to keep your job. And most likely you're in an environment where you're well aware uh, that's probably a reality if you don't do what they say yes. you should do.
0: Because you didn't see the person because you didn't, you weren't aware that you tend to attract that kind of person. Yes. When you work for them, you're like, as soon as you interview with someone, you're like, I know that person. I'm not I'm not working with them because I already can tell. This is happening again, but that's the awareness that's so huge and the hope that's like, I don't have to do this anymore. It was the past, but now I can filter new Mm -hmm. jobs, new bosses, but good Lord, that's work is a big one. No wonder why we're all so exhausted. We're all doing a lot of that.
3: Well, it's the fear factor of, you know, I'm laughing because I don't know how many Sarah mentioned Hallmark movies earlier. Yeah. But how many times you watch a Hallmark movie, they quit their job. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> they, you know, they got a great job, at their boss is yeah. out of line on yeah. boundaries and that, and they're like, and they and they quit all yes. the time, and we're all like, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, you know, because in real life we're like dang. Yeah, I know. I want to yeah. quit. Yeah. It's like Clark
0: Grunewald. Like not everybody goes and gets, not everybody has the, the crazy uncle Eddie that goes and yeah. gets the guy. And, <laughs> and then, uh, he gives a 20% bonus. Like, no, <laughs> like you don't get the bonus and then you show up for work right. the next month because, but that's, God, it's so helpful. But again, it goes back to, let me check in with myself. How am I doing with my job? How do I feel about the people around me before I you know, and it's just that self awareness is huge.
3: But, but it comes down to I think what we've really elaborated on in both our sessions today that if I do the inner work, which is the hardest journey of all, mm. and I get whole and and I'm and I'm good with me, mm. then then I can be in relationships where I can set boundaries. Mm. Otherwise, I'm going to be dependent. Yeah, because I need something, and and if I don't have it. I, I'm not. I'm not going to be able to make it. So I'm going to have no boundaries. I'm going to be mesh, and assist. just. I see. We we see it all the time, and I've and I've, I've lived it too. So yeah. that wherever you can do that kind of inner work, yeah, um, and then you can enter into these places from a place of strength. Yeah,
0: and you really limit when you don't do it. You limit your ability to actually experience what a loving unconditional loving relationship feels like and then also potentially a good job i mean it's like Mm -hmm. you know you you limit when you don't know these things you're in that darkness the the flip side of this is that the the hope is is as you start to learn wow i'm starting i'm starting to see these patterns like you said the workbook and it feels it's the worst feeling in the world (laughs) whether you're reading boundaries or doing the homework you're like oh this is awful is this ever going to end and that it's like it's like when you shake you know if you got a glass of water and there's sand on the bottom when you shake it it's like the sand just everywhere and it's like it's, it feels so chaotic but yet when it starts to settle again you have so much awareness that then you can start mm-hmm. bringing into it but i'm glad you said that scott because it's been my personal experience that if i'm checking in with myself and i'm good with myself i navigate so much better mm-hmm. everything is so much calmer and smoother yeah
1: and i just want to do one last plug on expectation this has been a struggle something that I have thought about extensively Mm. over my own struggles with boundaries. And that is what are reasonable expectations? Because I can't tell you how many times someone has said to me kind of giving advice, like, well, you just have to lower your expectations Mm. or you can't hold someone to that expectation or it's going to cause resentment in you. And I've really had to think about this because I think this gets really tricky about what, shouldn't we have some expectation? So I just want to say this for our listeners. Like I think in relationships, it's okay to have reasonable expectations. Yes. Um, if you get married to someone, it's a reasonable expectation that yeah. they want to be <laughs> in a relationship with you. Yeah. Uh, intimately, that's why you got married. It's right. reasonable to expect that your parents sh- would have cared for you mm. as parents. Mm. Um, it So I, I think what we have to let go of perhaps is is that unreasonable expectation like you know someone's going to ride in on their white horse and mm sweep you away and all life will be better. Yeah. But I don't think there's much productivity in continuing to lower expectations lower. I actually think that ends up putting us in a bad boundary.
0: It's no, such a great caveat. Yeah. You know, thank you for saying that.
1: Cause I think if we lower them too low, yes. then we have like, now we're just like, Oh, do whatever you want. It's mm-hmm. fine. You know, mm-hmm. I have no expectations of you. Or
0: whatsoever. I'm so whole that it doesn't matter. And that's another yeah. trap people fall into is like, Oh well, I'm on this spiritual journey, so like I'm I'm just gonna it's bypassing. I think the word yeah. the term is bypassing. So that's such a good caveat because as you heal, you should start to see that mirrored in the relationships that you have, and and that's some of the hard parts. Is some of the relationships they just don't continue with your level of evolvement, and sometimes miraculously they do. But I think it's coming back to, to for you to have those boundaries. You have to be clear on who you are, and and coming from that true self, and, and that's I'm just. It's a really, really powerful to know that. So, Scott, do you have anything else to close out with?
3: It's a good thing to start the new year off with.
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. Between how to change and, and that's what's beautiful of it is you know, you look back at the episode we just did, this would be the process for setting boundaries, right? It's like you don't just come in and like a bull in a china shop to be like, all right, because I've seen that with with family members or friends where they, they read that book and it's like they, they are on fire for boundaries. <laughs> and before you know it, you know, you're like, I can't believe they just text me that. You know, like you've been doing this and then the relationship's ruined. So it's very fragile. So apply these steps yes. to how to slowly. 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 That's what we keep saying. It's, it's the micro changes.
3: Yes. And I, I guess the last thought would be, you know, Sarah's talking about expectations, you know. Mm. But if you look at the qualities of intimacy that Carnes talks about, those are things I should expect in a relationship. Mm. And that there's the other person is taking initiative. They're present for me. They do. They complete what they say they're going to do. They're showing vulnerability, they're nurturing, and they're honest. Mm. And am I doing the same with them? Those. That's just such a great framework to build on for going into next year. Mm. Is that happening in my relationships and, and move towards that?
0: Mm, it's a great it gives you a great uh, diagram or a great system to work off of so we'll make sure and put that in the show notes well um, we've all got our homework for the for the 2022 so um, and go easy and uh, as always this is best done you guys have a boundaries group that you guys do um, at restore so we a lot of these things are again best Best done in a group format. Um, don't go at this alone. So you don't have to. Well, we wish you a very happy new year. We're excited um, of all the things that are going on here. And as always, you can find everything online. And we love you and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Restore Small Groups is a nonprofit based in Nashville, Tennessee. To find out more, visit us online at restoresmallgroups.org.